Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the So What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire and it is a true honor and joy to have a conversation with you today about sowing intentionally into our lives so that we can reap abundantly in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. Now, if you've listened to any of the episodes in times past, you've probably heard me refer to my sisters. A couple weeks ago, you got to hear from my big sister, the one and only Abby Johnson. And today, I am so excited and honored to have my younger sister, Allison Shimenti, on today's episode. You see, I've known Allison as long as she's been alive, literally. She's 25 years old, so I've known her 25 years. In August, it'll be 26 years. Isn't that amazing? Can you say that you've literally known somebody their whole life? Well, if they're your sibling or they're your cousin, I I guess so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I've known Allison my whole life. She is one of my very best friends and also the aunt to my son. She is so much fun. On top of all of that, she has a major passion for the arts, both music and like crafting and antiquing, which I find to be an art in and of itself. She is the worship pastor at a church here in Indianapolis. It's actually the church that my husband and I also have the honor of serving at Parkside Church here in Indy. And so she is here today. I've wanted her to share for quite some time about her heart's passion, and that is worship. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the word worship may trigger a couple different thoughts or ideas, and we're going to get to what worship is in a few moments and really how to biblically define worship. But if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you might say, is this episode relevant to me? And the short answer is absolutely yes. Allison is going to be sharing on what worship is and how really all of us in some way, shape, or form, are made for worship. And whether or not we want to recognize it or own it, every single one of us worship something or someone. So super, super, super important conversation today. I'm so excited to have the one and only Allison Shimenti. What's up, girl? Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, and what an introduction. So. Thank you. You're so welcome. Now, maybe people don't know this, but we also live together. We do. We do live together. I uh, am mildly obsessed with Archie, so it's great that I live one door down from him. (laughs) Yeah. Because I get to spend as much time with him as I can. So that's great. Yeah. They literally share a wall, which is precious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Tell the listeners what you call Archie. Oh, gosh. All right. So... Archie, this has kind of formed from multiple levels, but um, I call him Archie Bear. But it doesn't really sound like Archie no, Bear. No, not anymore. Um, no, it's turned into uh, uh, Dido Bear. So <laughs> Dido Bear, I, this is so, uh, gosh, I'm sorry, Archie. Someday you're going to listen back to this and be embarrassed. But it's just Dido is what I call yeah. him all the time. But it's more like Dido. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when I see Dido. So that's what it sounds like. I love it. And I love him. And I love living with Anna and Andrew and Archie. It's great. And I'm just so honored to be here today. And like Anna said, worship is something I'm so passionate about. And 
um, excited to share with the So What community today. So yeah, I've had the incredible opportunity to serve as a worship pastor for almost four years. Uh, I studied music and pastoral studies in college. And honestly, this is where my passion for worship Mm. deepened. Um, You know, I grew up in the church similar to Anna, and I I had a part in leading worship since the fifth grade. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Fifth grade. Like, don't ever tell somebody in elementary school, it's, they're too young to start, like, living out their God-given passion. Yeah, yeah. It's just wild when you think about it, whether leading in kids' church, youth group, adult church, in different spheres at my university. Um, It's just been something that's been a part of my story. But, you know, it really wasn't until my junior year of college that I had... Um, this life-changing revelation about worship. Mm. Um, And, you know, that was the thing I was studying, but it wasn't until then that I had um, this simple yet really profound understanding and revelation. And um, now it's this major passion of mine to share and teach on. Um, And so I'm just excited to just talk about how um, worship is a lifestyle and how it is radically transformational for um, our relationship with Jesus. Mm. And I think... One thing that you said that is so awesome is that you have a passion to teach on yeah. this. I think um, that's one thing that I that that is a need that you are meeting in the Capital C Church. Now, when I say Capital C Church, like we think of church as like one you know place of worship, but the Capital C Church is like what Scripture refers to is like the whole body of believers. And so I think that is a gap that you are filling when it comes to the capital C, the whole body of believers church. Absolutely. Um, Is that this idea of teaching on worship, a lot of times we display it and obviously uh, living it out is one of the greatest teachers for people. But sometimes in the just, hey, watch me and then do as I do, that can lead to sometimes this missing theology, which yeah. is like a really, you know, this the the understanding of what worship really is. Right. And also it can maybe cause us to miss out on some of the beauty and the depth of worship. So Absolutely. I love that you love to teach on it. Yes, you lead worship on Sundays and you lead worship in a variety of spaces and places and variety of people, but you also teach on it, which yeah. is so, so, so refreshing and fun to watch. And the other night we were uh, flying to Colorado and here is like people are like turning on their Netflix and all this stuff. And here's Allison whips out a book on worship. I'm like, this is your leisurely read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I feel like you can never learn enough about. You can never grow enough in. Mm. And like you said, that gap is so real. I mean, I was a junior in college studying worship. Mm. And it wasn't until then that these really seemingly simple truths became light to me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And three years in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Three years into my you know study on worship to become a worship pastor is when these really truths, biblical truths came to light that I was, I I realized this is a gap Hmm. that it's not maybe intentionally missed, but it's just missed. It's overlooked because it's just done, right? Mm -hmm. We just worship. We sing songs on Sundays. We talk about worship, rejoice in the Lord always, you know, we hear these lines, but there's just a missing 
part of our understanding and that depth and the beauty Mm. of what worship is and why we were created for it. Yeah. So I know this is a loaded question, but I guess just throwing it out there, what is worship? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Loaded question. So many places. Um, You know, in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve and uh, they were in the Garden of Eden, their lives and all they did were in worship back to God. Mm. Everything on earth and everything that humanity did was for the glory and honor and praise of God. Mm. So at the root, uh, we were meant to live in community with God first and our hearts were made and created to worship him. So even now, you know, as human beings, our hearts are still designed to worship. So mm. whether we're aware of it or not, we are worshiping something or someone. Come on. Um, simply because our lives were made for it. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a man I, I respect in this worship world. His name is Todd Marshall. And um, he teaches on worship and he frames the biblical model of worship like this in revelation and response, this idea that God reveals himself and we respond. So worship in itself is simply our response to the revelation of God. Mm. Um, so when I first heard this, I was like, what does that mean? You know, revelation and response, those are kind of ambiguous words. Um, it's this idea that God reveals who he is and what he's done through Jesus Christ. And then we respond by living a life of obedience and service and adoration back to him. Mm. You know, it's it's honestly a simple sounding cycle <laughs> as uh, followers of Jesus. You know, we will experience this cycle our entire lives, um, but it's something that is so all encompassing. It's whole self. It's active. Worship is something we will do until eternity mm. um, and God will continue to to reveal himself and we will continue to respond with our lives of worship. Mm. That's a powerful thing that you landed that question on is it's the whole self. It's an active pursuit with the entirety of our lives. And one thing that I hear when you teach on worship is worship as lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier like sometimes we equate worship to the three or four songs we sing on Sunday mornings or the music we listen to on our commute to work like that's what we kind of think of as worship but you talk about the whole self and the whole life like what is worship as lifestyle yeah absolutely so since you know we were created to worship and to know god you you can't separate worship and living Mm. you know they they go hand in hand because it's one of the things we were created for so worship is our life. Worship is living. You know, if, if you have breath in your lungs, you're worshiping. You you can't separate someone worship. or something. Yeah, yeah, worshiping someone or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a life, if you are living, you are worshiping someone, something, because we were created for that. So worship as a lifestyle is something we live out each mm. and every day. You know, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about worship and command us to worship, but there's one scripture I really love to refer to when talking about this idea of worship as a lifestyle, and it is Romans 12, 1, which says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your true and proper worship. Mm. Now, when it says a living sacrifice, it, it means giving our lives to God for his purposes and his glory and his plans. So worship as a lifestyle happens when we give our give our lives to God and submit our lives to him. This really, you know, is what true worship is. That's so cool. I'm I love that you use Romans twelve one. It is um so I've ran one marathon and I've ran a handful right. of half marathons and I try to turn them into some kind of fundraiser. Uh so once I ran a halfer uh friend who uh is a cancer survivor. And then another time I ran the marathon for human trafficking organization and, uh, I got a bracelet, uh, and on it, I had Romans 12, one on there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this. Mm-hmm. And because I kept looking at, at it, this, this is your true and proper worship. Yeah. I kept yeah. looking at my running is that mm-hmm. I am using, I'm offering my body as a living sacrifice. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so that it can produce something that honors and glorifies God. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and so is, I, I looked at my running as worship. That is exactly it. You know, I, I love that you use that example because, you know, when you go even deeper, as, as we submit our lives to the Lord, mm. he begins to transform us through his spirit and through his presence. You know, and then as we live out that transformation, it looks like, the obedience to his word. It looks like honoring him with how we live and how we act. Um, it's discovering that person he's created us to be and living in that purpose he's designed us for. It's seeking Jesus. It's learning to love like Jesus. It's living a life that's submitted to him and for him. So whatever that looks like as he's transforming you, whatever those passions are and how you live that out for his glory, that is true and proper worship mm. back to God. And I, I love that because it's so tailor-made for each of us because mm-hmm. the way you worship is going to be different than the way I worship. Yeah. And, and that's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And I think what makes the everyday things that we can do as worship and like correct me or give me some feedback yeah. is that this idea of we submit it to, to the Lord. To the Lord. Yeah. Like we submit our day, we submit our work, we submit, and by submitting, it's a simple like invitation. Yeah, we invite him into what we're doing. Yeah, we we don't just do and then say, "Hey, God, will you bless this?" It's Lord, like I give this work to you, this time, this mm-hmm. attention, yeah, all to you. I invite you in, and I invite your spirit in to mm-hmm. be actively involved in my day to day and in my life. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, so good, and I think. We can hear these things and we can easily write it off as, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I do that. I can do that. Right. But it's that ongoing intentionality and that awareness, that response to the revelation of God. Right. Because the revelation of God is going to continually happen, whether that's, um, you know, he reveals himself as faithful. Mm-hmm. And so we respond through a song of worship mm-hmm. or he reveals himself as as our peace and we respond with trusting him. He reveals himself through his word yeah. and we respond by being obedient to his word and to his leading. Yeah. And and the biggest way to I believe the biggest revelation that we can have of God is through his word. The scriptures. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that is the greatest way we can learn about the heart of God mm-hmm. and the greatest way we can learn his heart for us is through reading his word, yeah. through reading the Bible and and 
getting that fresh revelation each day for our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I remember that somebody in college, I don't even know if it was a peer or if it was a professor, but they said, uh, to know God is to love God. Cause like when you like mm-hmm. really get to know him in scripture, you can't help but love him. And then when you love God, all you want to do is get to know, know him. him more. Yeah. And so the greatest way we can get to know him more and then really live our lives and worship more is is really, I find, through scripture, mm-hmm. through prayer, and then ultimately through God's people. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like through community. Like mm-hmm. I, um, and when I say ultimately, I should say lastly through his people. Like right. that's a part of it is, yeah, scripture and prayer and his people yeah. is a great way to know God because you're around other image bearers, people who are filled um, with the Holy Spirit and. Yeah. 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 So worshiping is, worship is truly all encompassing. It's every moment of our lives. It's Mm -hmm. all that we do. And it's, it's, again, it's tailored to each of us because I worship God in the way he's created me for, and you worship God in the way he's created you for. And it's not that I worship God the way I want. It's that I worship God through the life he's made for me. Yeah. The way he's created you. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. And I I think it can be really discouraging, like having been uh, raised in the church. And we grew up at a church where there is phenomenal musicians and singers, like Mm -hmm. seriously. So good. (laughs) Amazing. And um, I can remember and until like when I was like in middle school and finally somebody like, you know, discipled me more on this. Um, but like, especially when I was younger, I wasn't like the singer. Like I, I was more of like the, I don't even know what I was in elementary <laughs> school, but I remember thinking like, Oh, I can't sing like that. Or mm-hmm. I can't, I don't like, I was a part of kids choir and I got to do like fun, like plays right. and stuff like that as a kid. But I think sometimes we can, depending on the, the, the church culture you grew up in, think of yourself as I'm not a leader of worship because oh. I don't sing yeah, or because I don't play an instrument. Right, right. And that's where, you know, it's really important as a worship leader, like the worship, a worship pastor, mm-hmm. someone who disciples others in worship to make it, make it really clear that we're all worship leaders. We are mm-hmm. all worshipers. It's not me on stage leading you into worship. It's me and you going to the throne room of God together to worship him. Mm. It's us worshiping the Lord equally together for his glory. You know, um, it is so easy to just box worship in, you know, to that moment on a Sunday or to the song that you're singing or even, you know, a religious experience and those things are really important and they are valuable um, and they are so meaningful. Like how much has your faith grown in those moments? Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're healthy. Absolutely. Emotional, spiritual experiences. Yeah. Yeah. They connect so many of parts of who we are when we sing together or we're gathered in a worship service together. Um, But, but we just can't, God has just intended us for more Mm. in our worship life. Um, He has intended for our lives to be so much deeper with him, to have a deeper connection with him um, and to have a deeper understanding of his heart and a deeper realization that we play a role in this worship experience because God's revelation always needs a response. 
Mm -hmm. And whether it's through you or through me, like God will always be revealing himself. And it's our role to respond to him, whether that is through a song of worship, whether that's through painting, whether that's through running a marathon, God's revelation always needs a response. And so it's just, it's so neat that music is just one avenue of that response. That's so good. That's so good. So, 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 so good. I have so much I could say, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, detour too much because we're just on such a good path. So what comes from, I love this idea of lifestyle of worship, man, our world would look so different if this is something that we all operated in, but what comes from having a lifestyle of worship? How does worship as lifestyle affect our everyday nine to five regular day lives. Yeah. Yeah. So this fresh understanding of revelation and response, this true idea of worship, it really begins to change our perspective Mm. on how we live. It begins to change our perspective on our relationship with God. Um, because we begin to see each moment, each experience, each, each second of our day as meaningful. Mm. Um, if everything we do and say and think is is now framed as worship, then we begin to see our lives with a lens of greater purpose. We begin yeah. to see everything to the glory of God, and that in itself is powerful. We yeah. begin to see everything we do, whether that's unloading the dishwasher or you know putting in a, a load of laundry, all for the glory of God, simply because he's purposed each moment mm. for us to be responding to him with worship. Mm, wow. That's yeah. so good. And you know, one of the things about having this lifestyle is worship causes us to grow in our understanding of God and his heart. You know, it talked about the revelation and response and as God reveals himself, you know, this idea of this cycle will continue to grow as, as God reveals himself to us, we respond with worship and surrender back to him and, you know, then that creates greater space in our lives for God to reveal more of himself to us, which causes us to respond with a deeper love and surrender, which then God will reveal himself more to us. And this cycle just continues to grow and grow. And that really deepens our understanding of God and his heart and his purpose. It deepens our, our love for him. And like you said earlier, Anna, it causes our, our love for knowing him to grow. Mm -hmm. We, we desire to continue to grow and grow. Um, so what comes from having a lifestyle of worship? It's, it's a deeper relationship with the the one who created us Mm. and it's a greater understanding of who he created you and I to be. Um, you know, because the cool thing about worship is not only does God almighty receive the praise he is so worthy and deserving of, but you know, we in turn benefit, um, through a a deeper walk with Jesus, you know, our worship develops a deeper relationship with the Lord that I truly believe we wouldn't find otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. So when we have this proper understanding of worship, this biblical understanding of worship, we're, we're truly able to better partner with Christ and his mission for the world. Absolutely. That's where, because this is the way God purposed us Right. To live. Right. Yeah. As, you know, our lives begin to change through, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us, 
that inner change becomes an outer change, right? Mm -hmm. And then that outer change begins to affect those around us. And then we're able to live out, you know, loving others the way Jesus intended and to change the world the way Jesus commands us to. Mm. So as a result of worship as lifestyle, like the shorthand of it is that we become more and more like Jesus. That is it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So worship as lifestyle not only affects our lives, but it also affects the people around us. The people around us and then long-term the kingdom of God, Mm. which is what God intended from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. Yeah. Oof. That's good. Full circle. Hello. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. So talk to us. What are practical ways to grow in our awareness of worship as lifestyle? How do we, how do we grow in the awareness? And it's not with worship as lifestyle. It's not necessarily boxes you check off. Right, exactly. It's more the the motive of your heart mm-hmm. and the position of your mind. Absolutely. I, I guess. Yeah, is what comes to my mind. It, it would be so easy to just check worship off as to dos. Right. Like, okay, today I submitted this to the Lord. But it, it's a posture of our hearts. Mm. Um, you know, one of the greatest battles humanity f- will face is the war for our worship. Ooh. See, because at, at the say be- that again. <laughs> one of the greatest battles humanity will face is the war for our worship. Mm. Because at the beginning with Adam and Eve, you know, though they had perfect communion with God and had their hearts set on worshiping the Lord. You know, when sin entered the picture, it began the war for our worship, Mm. a war between worshiping God or worshiping self. Mm. You know, we have to remember our our spiritual hearts are always in a posture to worship something, someone. So so will we worship God uh, by living in obedience to him, living for his glory, honoring him, or will we worship ourselves, Mm. our desires, our passions, our careers, fame, success, fortune? You know, that war will always be waged until, you know, the day Jesus returns. So one of the practical ways uh, to grow our awareness of worship is to simply reflect on our lives and that war really that we face, you know, who to reflect and say, who has my worship? What has my worship? What has Mm. my greatest focus right now? Who gets most of my attention, my time, resources, effort? Ooh, that's good. You know, and I'm not saying we can't strive to do good with our lives. That's not it. But it's that posture of our hearts, that desire. Who who do I desire to please most? Is it myself? Is it self-gain? Or is it to further the kingdom of God? Is it to glorify him in all things? Because... That war will always be waged. And one of the ideas I love to use when talking about this is this word worth-ship. It's worth-ship. This idea of whatever has the greatest worth in my life, mm. whatever I connect to the greatest worth to, that is what has my worship. Um, and so practically, you know, as you hear that and you reflect um, and you realize that maybe your priorities might be off or that you're maybe worshiping something or someone without even realizing it, you know, my encouragement to you would be to take a moment to adjust that. Even pause this episode if you have to. Um, you know, you may have to make some changes in your schedule or mm-hmm. with your time or your life. Um, if you, you know, feel that kind of check in your heart that, hey, maybe something is off because, you know, I would say I've been guilty of that. Um, of giving my worship unintentionally or semi-intentionally to something else. Mm. Um, 
Because again, the greatest war we will face is for our worship. The enemy of our lives would want us to worship other things. He would want to distract us. He would want to keep us busy and occupied. He wouldn't want you to slow down and do a self-assessment of who has my worship. So I think it's really important that we understand that uh, this war is going on and that we have to be aware of that and that you know, one of the practical things we can do is just to slow down and do self-checks, mm. you know, pretty frequently yeah. to make sure we're in line with giving our worship to the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Allison, and so powerful, so powerful. So bring this into a little bit of the so what, sowing intentionally, reaping yeah. abundantly. Talk to us a little bit about habits and I guess maybe not the things that are the checkbox things, but the things that like are practical that we can do in the moments following listening to this conversation. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you do on here, Anna, is you have such practical steps and, you know, worship is something that oftentimes needs those practical habits. It needs that discipline and something that really needs to be practiced, um, you know, worship is something that you have to work on and you have to create intentional habits in our lives. You know, if we want to grow our awareness of worship, we have to train ourselves like we would train ourselves for other things. Um, you know, one of the things that I had a pastor do in my life was um, challenge us to take something incredibly normal and turn that into a moment of awareness yeah. for worship. So whether that's your morning coffee routine or um, taking the dog for a walk or brushing your teeth, taking that moment to heighten our awareness of the presence of God, to heighten our awareness of worship. Like taking something that already exists in your life. Exactly. And turning that into a moment of deepening our awareness for worship because everything we do is worship. It's hard to just walk through your day and just be like, oh, I'm worshiping God and all that I do. Like that's not necessarily (laughs) practical. So, but to start with a small, yeah, that's funny. Can you imagine? I'm I'm just visualizing you, but anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. But just like it starts with something really practical that you do each and every day Mm. to just heighten that awareness. Like, Lord, I might be brushing my teeth, but I'm doing it unto you. God, I might be picking up my kids from, you know, the drive through at school, but, you know, this is worship unto you. I, I might be doing these things, but God, I'm surrendering and submitting this to you yeah. as worship because I was created to do this. I yeah. was created to glorify you. Which, as you're talking about that, a book that both you and Janelle have told me about mm-hmm. that I need to read, both of you have told me this, Liturgy of the Ordinary. Of the Ordinary. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. I'll link it in the show notes. I haven't read it yet, but it's if Janelle and Allison tell and me I need to read it. That book has like, been huge for me. This idea of the moment you wake up, this is one of my practical things I do every morning. When I wake up, when my eyes open, I just begin to sing a worship song. I just start every morning. Mm-hmm. For a while, it'll be like this kind of a theme song for a season, and then the Holy Spirit just kind of changes it. But that's one of the things that that book talks about is from the moment you wake up, being intentional to surrender that day to the Lord. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I do is I wake up the moment my eyes open, mm-hmm. I begin to kind of sing to myself and just orient myself around the Lord and mm-hmm. orient my day around him and submitting that to him. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I'm going to share this. This morning, I 
I started working on a, another episode of So What this morning, and um, I'm just going to give like a little sneak peek of it, I guess. Um, but, and I could cry just like even talking about it, but the older I get, and even the more educated I become, the more knowledge I have, I never outgrow loving Jesus. Mm. Like wow. I'm, I'm currently going through some pretty intense courses to further my like counseling education. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, very good. And I was just thinking like, you know, there's a, some people who think that, you know, the more they learn and the more revelation they have on life and the more aware they are of the world that it's like, oh, Jesus becomes less necessary to right. them. Right. And I just, this morning I was just crying while I was getting ready. I was listening to a song. My sister, Abby, Abby, um, had me listen to, uh, called no one cares for me like Jesus. Like Jesus. And I mean, I was just like, man, it, all the wonderful accomplishments I've had and all these things like, no one cares for me like Jesus and I will never outgrow getting to submit to him and loving him and worshiping him. And the more I learn, the less I know, first of all, (laughs) but but the more I, I learn, the more sure I am about Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like, that's, what's so beautiful about worship is the more you worship God, the more you realize your need for him, Mm. the more you lean into submitting all of who you are to him the more you realize that apart from him, you can do nothing. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Man, powerful, Allison. So practical and so necessary. We are created, I love that, we are created to worship someone or something. Yeah, and if we're not intentional with deciding who that's going to be, something will take that place without even realizing yeah. it. Like default. Yep. Something will take it. I mean, there is no doubt. You you might say to yourself, oh, I, I'm not worshiping anything. Or, yeah, yeah, my worship is here. But really, when you reflect on what is taking up my most time, where is my attention going to, mm. like something will take it. And if you aren't intentional in that war for your worship, something will take that place and honestly end either in, great victory with Jesus or could be, you know, heartache and destruction in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for sharing such a timeless and timely conversation with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And there is, you know, so many things that we could have talked about today, but I'm glad that we chose this because this is my favorite topic to talk about. Me too. Me too. Next time we'll have you on the show and it'll be about antiquing or something perfect i've got plenty of that to share too <laughs> she's got an amazing amazing instagram store called studio nor the handles shop studio nor n-o-o-r you should go check it out it's so good uh, and her, your instagram handle is simply allison shimenti so go find her on there she's always dropping really cute pictures of my son and aesthetically pleasing images of scenery so true the two things i love outside of worship yeah. <laughs> yes Friend, thank you so much for tuning in and leaning in to today's conversation about worship, our worship, the war for our worship, our lifestyle of worship. I believe that if you and I own this and really reflect on who or what has our worship, 
that it will truly transform our lives in the days, weeks, months, and yes, the years to come. And I just want you to dream beyond the years, like the generations to come, because this has a greater impact than what we can even begin to wrap our brain around. So may both you and I so intentionally so that we can reap abundantly. May we live our lives as worship unto God intentionally every single day. Friend, I'm always in your corner and I'm cheering you on. I love you so much and I will talk to you next week.